When you finally make your entrance to that city of jasper walls and bright golden avenues, as you behold all its beauty and its splendor. Remember, there's just one request I make of you. Look for me, for I will be there too. I realize when you arrive. There'll be so much to view after you've been there ten thousand years, million maybe two. Look for me, for I will be there too. As you go down your list of first. There's no question. You want to see your loved ones waiting there for you. And when you share your story with the last one. Who wants to hear you tell just how you made it through? Look for me, for I will be there too. I realize when you arrive. There'll be so much to view after you've been there ten thousand years, a million maybe two. Look for me, for I will be there too. After you've been there ten thousand years. Million, maybe two. Look for me, for I will be there too. Amen. Now it's blessing. Thank you for that song. Go ahead, turn to Romans chapter one this morning in your Bibles. Romans. Chapter 1, and we're going to start reading in verse 13. It says, Now I would not have you ignorant, brethren, that oftentimes I purposed to come unto you, but was let hitherto, that I might have some fruit among you, also even as among other Gentiles. I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. 
For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. And the part of this passage I want to focus on right now is in verse 14 where he says, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians. And what I want to speak to you this morning is the subject of paying your debts. Okay? Now, don't get scared. I'm not talking financial this morning, okay? This isn't going to be a money message uh, that I'm going to be preaching. However, some of you might not realize it, but you do have a debt that you owe. You know, what, what is this debt? You know, a lot of times we mistakenly have this idea that, you know, we owe Christ something because He saved us. Well, if we owed Him something because He saved us, then salvation wasn't free, was it? And we believe that salvation is a free gift. But at the same time, we see Paul here, he's saying that he's a debtor both to the Greeks and the barbarians. He's naming all these people that he's a debtor to. What does he owe them? You know, what, and what do we owe the world? You know, what do we, why do we owe anyone anything? You know, how did we get in debt to the world? You know, how do we get out of this debt? That's the question that we all want to know. Okay, how do I get out of this? How do I take care of that debt? You know, we don't like having debt held over our heads. We don't like owing somebody anything. I know at least I don't like that. I don't like owing anybody anything. But the truth is, we do have a debt to pay. Now, how do we get this debt? What is this debt? Okay. Well, first of all, we see here in this passage, he's talking about the Gospel. Okay. He mentions, I am not ashamed of the Gospel of Christ. So, this debt we owe, it's referring to the Gospel. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 1. If you want to turn over there, 1 Timothy chapter 1, and I'll explain why we would call this a debt, I guess you could say. But in verse 1, he says, "...according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, for He counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry." who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is the faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtained mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on Him to everlasting life. Notice what Paul said. He said, I've been entrusted with this glorious Gospel. So how did we get in this debt? It would be like if I went and maybe I wanted to give Brother Renee $100. And I go and I take that $100 and I entrust it to Darshan and say, Darshan, I want you to give this to Brother Renee. While he has that $100, he is in debt to Brother Manez. Okay, because I have entrusted him with something that he is to give to someone else. And the truth is, we have been entrusted with the Gospel. We know the plan of salvation. We know the Bible, the things of God. God has entrusted these things to us. And we have been commanded to take these things and give them to the world. Well, when was that? Well, look at what Matthew chapter 28 says. Matthew chapter 28 and verse 18 
says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto Me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even until the end of the world. So understand, folks, that we have the Word of God. We have the truth. God has given that to us. And we owe it to the world to share that with them. God has told us to take this message of Jesus Christ and spread it through the whole world. He entrusted that to us. He didn't entrust that to the government. That is not up to the president. It is not up to our politicians to do that. We can't even trust them with our tax dollars. I mean, do you think God's going to entrust the gospel to them? Absolutely not. He's entrusted that to His people. He's entrusted that to the church. We have been called to spread the gospel. It has been given to us and we were told to take it and to spread it around, to share it. That is what God told to do. And we owe it to the people of our community to give them the plan of salvation. 1 John chapter 4, verse 11, it says, Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought also to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwelleth in us and His love is perfected in us. Okay? When we perfect the love of God, it means to complete the love of God. And when God does something for us, when God loves us, He wants us to take that love and give it to other people. He wants us to share it with other people. He wants it to produce something. When God saved us, He wanted us to go and He wants us to bring forth fruit. We've been commanded to do that. We've been called to do that. And we owe it to people in our town. Why? Why do I owe them? Because somebody gave you the Gospel, didn't they? Somebody told you how to get saved. Somebody gave you the plan of salvation. There was probably somebody that prayed for you. There was somebody that worked on you. I mean, there was many people maybe involved in you getting saved. It may have been several people that witnessed to you. And you owe it because those people gave you something that you'll go and do the same thing. And that is wonderful when you see you know, that cycle continue on. That's how it's perfected. God doesn't want to just love us and then that stop there. He wants us to take that love that He gave us, that unconditional love, and then go and share it with somebody else. God loved us when we didn't deserve it, and so He wants us to go and love someone else who doesn't deserve it. God forgave us of our sins, and so He's asked us to forgive other people of their sins when they do something against us. That's what we've been called to do. And if you're saved today, it's because somebody freely gave you the Gospel. I sure hope when they gave you the Gospel, they didn't charge you 20 bucks afterwards. That wouldn't have been right. That's not how it works. They did it freely. They And we have been entrusted with the Gospel and God has given us something of more value than we can ever imagine. And it is something... I mean, He's entrusted it to us. I mean, imagine if you gave something to someone, telling them to give it to somebody else, and then they went and they squandered it. They went and wasted it on themselves. I go, I talk to Brother Vanessa later. Hey, did you get that hundred dollars from Darshan? Did he give that to you? And he's like, No, I didn't get it. And I go talk to Darshan, and he's like, No, I went and partied last night with a hundred dollars, and I spent it all. I'm not going to be very happy. That hey, I trusted you with that. I thought you'd come through for me. He needed that. That was his. And. You went and you squandered it. You wasted it. And boy, just think about all the people that are out there today that have not heard the Gospel. I mean, look at all the people 
that are supposedly that claim to be Christians in America, we're still, according to statistics, there's a pretty good percentage of us that are Christians. But yet, it seems like fewer and fewer people know what true salvation really is. There's a lot of people that know, you know, plans of salvation that are not biblical, that will not save anybody. And it's like, why isn't anybody telling these people the truth? I mean, it's sad how many people I've talked to that are very religious, gone to church maybe their whole lives, and still don't know what it means to be saved. Don't know how to be saved. They've been told that it's by works. They've been told it's from speaking in tongues. And it's like, what in the world? Why won't why won't we tell these people the truth? You know, why why would you hold that back from them? Why would you keep that from them? Why would we keep the gospel from people? I mean, it is. It's almost like pulling teeth sometimes to get people to share the gospel with people. And that should not be the case. That is our job. That is our responsibility. We owe it to them. Why? Because somebody gave it to us. We owe it to our friends and family to give them the plan of salvation. We owe it to people from other parts of the world to give them the plan of salvation. Well, why do we owe it to people in other parts of the world? Well, first of all, Jesus did say, go into all the world and preach the Gospel, didn't He? And who did He tell that to? He told that to a group of 120 people that were all there. They were from Jerusalem. And you realize those people did what Jesus told Him to do and they went and they reached people in other parts of the world and we benefit from that today, don't we? I mean, if we were, if we could all trace our ancestry back far enough, I mean, it's, for all of us, are going to find some barbarians in there. We're going to find some pretty crude, wicked people. I mean, all of us are going to have some pagans in our ancestry. We're all going to have some pretty wicked people back there. But somebody brought them the gospel. Somebody shared the message of Jesus Christ to them and changed their life. And why can't we still do that for other people today? Somebody did it for us. Why can't we support missionaries in other parts of the world? Somebody did that for some missionaries maybe years ago that, you know, so I, you know, I've, I've only been able to trace my ancestry back not real far. But you know, it would be neat too if you could trace your spiritual ancestry back. Okay? I know my parents, they led me to the Lord. I know my dad was led to the Lord. Uh, by uh, his, I believe it was Pastor Rudolph Knoll was his name. Never met him, but I know that was his name. Well, who led him to the Lord? I don't know. You know, it'd be kind of neat if we could trace it back and see, you know, when it all started with us. Because the truth is, that's why you're saved today, folks. You're not saved because you're white, and you know, you're not saved because you're an American. You're not saved because of anything like that. Somebody. Brought the gospel to you. There are no, you know, races of saved people. Okay, somebody gave you the gospel. Nobody gets to heaven based on their lineage and who their parents are. Somebody gave them the gospel, and so we do. We owe it to the world. We are debtors to those who brought the gospel to our ancestry, or to our ancestors, or to those who gave us the gospel. You know, we owe it to the people that were martyred. Think about that. Think about. Just how many Christian people died for their faith? Now, thank God in America that's not going on, but you know that's still going on in other parts of the world. And who knows? I mean, you know, we so we we can't trace these things back. But the truth is, in many parts of the world, before the gospel 
you know, took hold there. There were people that died. There were people that suffered and died. I mean, go read things like Fox's Book of Martyrs. Read about what those people went through. Just read the book of Acts. Look at the things they went through when they went to different parts of the world. Aren't you glad that they didn't just say, you know what, these people don't want it and walk, turn around and walk away? No, they went and they gave the Gospel. They died. They were tortured. They went through all kinds of horrible things. And we owe it to other people to share the Gospel. We owe it to those that God used to help preserve the Scriptures that we have today. Just study the history of your Bible and you will see that it is just a bloody, bloody history. Do you all know how many people died just to give us this English Bible that we have, to give us this King James Bible? When you read the stories of men like William Tyndale who tried to translate the Bible into English, I mean, these people went through great opposition, great persecution. Many, many people died just so we could have the Bible in the English language. And you know what? We owe it to them to read it. We owe it to them to follow it. We owe it to them to share the message that is in this King James Bible with the whole world. We owe it. People died for it. Okay? None of us have done that. I mean, we've not, we've not gone through those things, but other people have. We owe it to those who have fought and died for our religious freedom that we have today. We're going to be celebrating Memorial, I believe, Memorial Day, I believe, next week. Many people fought and died so we can have the freedom that we have today, so we will be able to worship God as we see fit. And listen, part of being a Christian, okay, there's this new philosophy out there today that, you know, it's okay, you can be whatever religion you want, but you need to keep it to yourself. Well, listen, that doesn't work with Christianity. Part of what Christianity is all about is spreading the Gospel. Spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Fulfilling the Great Commission. That is what we do. You, it's, you can't just be a Christian and keep it to yourself. You can be saved and keep it to yourself, but you're not acting like a Christian. A Christian tells other people about Jesus Christ. And people fought and died, so we would have the freedom to do that, and we're not going to take advantage of that? Listen, I think that in most places in America today... They could put a ban on soul winning, and I don't think it would even affect most people. It's sad how many churches today don't even try it. I've had pastors right here in town that told me, hey, it doesn't work in this community anymore. It lost its effectiveness a long time ago. I'm thinking, you need to come visit our church. That's how we got a lot of people here. And they're not taking advantage of that. Wait, hey, people fought and died for that. And you know now we're living in a day where we're losing our freedoms left and right, and most people don't even seem to care. And listen, you ought to care because of those who paid great prices and sacrificed greatly, laid down their lives so we could have that freedom. And I'm telling you, we owe it to you know many of our our military, our veterans to spread the gospel. Maybe they weren't all fighting specifically for religious freedom, but I know a lot of them were. I know a lot of them were, and we owe it to them to do something with it. We owe it, or you know, we owe the world, we owe this community a church that preaches the whole truth. Look at what Acts chapter twenty says. Now, I know it's not popular to preach the whole truth. I know there's a lot of the Bible that people don't like today, but listen, we owe it to our community, even if they don't like it, to tell them the truth, the whole truth, 
and nothing but the truth. Look what Paul said in Acts chapter 20 and verse 17. It says, And from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called the elders of the church. And when they were come to him, he said unto them, Ye know from the first day that I came into Asia after what manner I have been with you at all seasons, serving the Lord with all humility of mind and with many tears and temptations which befell me by lying in way to the Jews. And look at this. And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but have showed you and have taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And now behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost, which witnesseth in every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me, but none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify of the gospel of the grace of God. And if you go on and read there, he's just talking about, I didn't hold anything back from you. I told all of you the truth. I didn't keep back anything that was profitable. You know how many places today and how many churches and how many preachers are scared to preach on certain subjects? Well, why? Why would they be scared? There are some subjects that make people mad. You know, there are some things that people don't want to hear about. There are some things that make people uncomfortable. But listen, we owe it to everyone. Even the people who don't want to hear it, we owe it to them not to compromise the truth. Well, why is that? Because somebody told us the truth. Hey, if we know the truth on these things, if somebody gave it to us, if we have been entrusted with the truth, why would we hold that back from people? Why would we not share that? This is It's helpful to them. It's beneficial to them. I know they might not think it is. I know they might not want to hear about it, but whether they know it or not, they need it. They need to know the truth. And we owe it to them. We owe it to our community to be a church that is not afraid to speak the truth. We owe it to our community to preach the kind of preaching that maybe we'll make people mad sometimes and call us names or whatever. We owe it to them. Just tell them the truth. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody told us the truth and we ought to tell it to other people. We're not doing anybody a favor by keeping them in disobedience. Look at what Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says. It says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls as they that must give account that they may do it with joy and not with grief for that is unprofitable for you. Pray for us, for we trust that we have a good conscience in all things, willing to live honestly. You all see that he's saying, you know, obey those that have the rule over you. Why? These people, they're, they're watching for your souls and they're doing it as one that's going to give an account. And when they give an account, they want to be able to do it with joy and not with grief. Okay? Because if I, for me, for example, all right, you know, the Lord has called me to be the pastor here at Liberty Baptist Church, and I'm going to give an account for that someday. And the Lord is going to look at my life and say, "All right, here are the things that I have given you. Now, what did you do with them? Did you share those with your people? You know, did you did you preach on holy living? You know, did you preach on things like you know, having standards and convictions in your life?" No, Lord, I didn't. Why not? You knew the truth on that. Lord, it makes people mad. People don't want to hear about some of that stuff. 
It, ups, it upsets them. Hey, if I do that, Lord, I trusted You with that. I gave You that truth. You grew up in a home and in a church where you were taught the truth and you're not going to share that with your people? You're not going to share that in your church? And if I give an account and I've held back things from you all just because I was scared of you, when I stand before God, my account that I give is going to be with grief. And guess who lost out? Because I held back. You did. You all lost out. You lost out because I wouldn't tell you the whole truth. And people are thinking, you know, they do. They they let they listen to the devil. You know, the devil will tell preachers, oh, that you're you'll lose all your people. Well, you know, that's not the case all the time. Sometimes you do. Sometimes people get scared off. Sometimes people get mad. But you know what? A lot of people listen. And they benefit greatly. And I, I'm telling you, no preacher is doing anybody a favor by holding back truth. And we owe it. I owe it to you to tell you the whole truth. I owe it to you not to sugarcoat the preaching. Just to tell you what the Bible says and you know, let happen what's going to happen. I owe it to God. I owe it to those in my life that God has put in my life that have told me the truth. And they didn't worry about whether or not they were going to hurt my feelings. They just loved me enough to tell me the truth. And because of that, I'm a debtor. Okay, I am a debtor. I owe telling the whole truth to everyone. We owe it to the lost not to compromise the truth. We will not be doing them a favor when we do that. We owe it to the liberals to try to bring them back to the truth. We we do. We owe it. There's people out there. The reason they're falling away like they are, but you know, in Matthew 24, Jesus talked about how because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. You know why a lot of people are going soft in the preaching and are getting away from the truth? It's because it seems like everyone's doing it. It seems like the popular thing to do. But listen, we owe it to those out there that are maybe on the fence to stand strong and show them that, hey, you are not alone. That This is, this is right. This is true. And we owe it to them to maybe help try to pull them back. Listen, when people are doing wrong, you know, like for example, you know, teenagers. Whenever they, you almost never hear a teenager talk about the first time they smoked or drank, and that them not have a friend that was there. They had a friend that tried to get them to do that. They had a friend that tried to get them to take the drugs. Why do people do that? You know, when people know they're doing something wrong, it's convicting when you have other people in your life that aren't doing it too. And if you can get them to do wrong too, it takes away a lot of the guilt. And, that, and I'm telling you right now, there are some things going on in churches today and in Christians' lives they should feel guilty about. And I'm not saying we need to try to put people on a guilt trip, but we owe it to them to stand strong, to do the right thing. The world needs to be convicted. We are supposed to be a light to the world. And a light's going to shine. And when it shines in dark places, it's going to reveal some things that people don't necessarily want to see, but we owe it to them to do that because didn't somebody shine a light on us and it helped us see our sin and it turned us to the Savior? We owe it. We're debtor to everyone. There may have been a time in your life where you weren't everything you were supposed to be as a Christian. Maybe there were some things you just hadn't been taught. Nobody taught you that. Listen, I'm scared to death. I would hate it. You know, We have guest speakers in here sometime. If some guest speaker came in here and he preached something that I was too scared to preach, 
And then somebody in the church is like, man, I've never heard that before. How come, the, how come nobody's ever taught me that? I, would have taught, I, I knew about it, but I was kind of scared. I thought it would make you mad. No, I, I owe it to you to tell you the truth and not be scared. And I don't want that to happen. I don't want you all to learn something that I should have taught you, something that I knew from someone else. Now, if someone comes up and he teaches us something that I didn't know either, you know, hey, I'm free then. I'm clean then. But if I know the truth and I don't share it, that that's a shame. I'm I'm cheating you. I have no right to do that. So we owe it to those in the past who stood for the truth. You know. So what what were these things that Paul was talking about? Because he mentioned to him, he said, "I kept back nothing that was profitable to you." Well, let's look at a few things that the Bible talks about that are profitable. Okay? And uh, you don't have to turn to all these. I'm going to jump to some scriptures quick. But James two fourteen says says, "What did it profit, my brethren?" Though a man say he hath faith and have not works, can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Now don't mistake this for a salvation. This isn't talking about salvation. Okay, salvation is by grace through faith. There is no works except the works of Jesus Christ. But when it comes to faith and everything else, your faith is not going to do anybody a bit of good if you don't have works that go with it. And you know what? A lot of times, because salvation is not of works, people think, well, we shouldn't even worry about works. Let's not preach about works. Let's not talk about works. Let's not put pressure on people to do anything. You know, We don't need to make people be godly. It's not being godly to get you to heaven. We don't need to preach hard on church attendance. Church attendance doesn't get you to heaven. It's just faith in Jesus Christ to get you to heaven. Yes, but did you know that good works are profitable? And faith in every other area without works is unprofitable? Why would we hold that back from people? You know what? We're going to keep on preaching about good works here. We're going to preach that you ought to do good works, that you shouldn't do bad works. Not so you can go to heaven, but so you can be profitable, so you can profit in your life, so you can benefit, so other people can benefit. We're going to preach on these things. Titus chapter 3, verse 8. It says, This is a faithful saying, and these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men. Oh, I don't like that preacher. He's just always harping on you. You ought to do this and you shouldn't do that and always trying to get us to do good works. Well, the Bible says you should constantly, constantly do this. Constantly affirm that they will maintain good works. They are good and profitable. But avoid foolish questions and genealogies and contentions and strivings about the law, for they are unprofitable and vain. You know, a lot of people, they love just talking about the weird stuff. You know, it would be a lot more fun instead of talking about good works. You know, we could speak on those real deep subjects like, are UFOs extraterrestrial? Are they interterrestrial beings? Are they, <laughs> are they demonic? You know, you know, that's not profitable. You know, the sons of God in Genesis. I'll, you know, it's fun talking about that. You know, were they fallen angels or were they sons of Seth, married the daughters of Cain? Always fun stuff to talk about, but you know, it's not profitable. 
we're not going. We're not going. I'm not going to preach a series of messages on that on Sunday. And you know, we'll we'll t- I'll talk about some of that stuff on the side. You know, a lot of the prophecy stuff. You know, it, it's not not all of that stuff. You know, some of it's foolish questions. Okay, and we we're going to watch out for that. But then notice verse 10 says, "A man that is an heretic after the first and second admonition reject." If somebody's causing division. You know, you get on to them a couple times, and if they don't straighten up, you know, reject them. Okay, because there are there's a lot of things people like to fight about that aren't profitable. But let me tell you something: good works are one of those things that we are supposed to maintain and constantly affirm. We have been commanded to do that. Um, 2 Timothy three sixteen. People are all the time, you know, that, that's Old Testament. Why do we need to follow that? That's Old Testament. Well, 2 Timothy 3.16 says all Scripture, and it's talking about the Old Testament, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You all see that? You know what the Old Testament is good for? Not for arguing about things. You're not arguing about stuff in the genealogies that look weird. And there's some stuff in the genealogies that look weird that I don't completely get, that I don't completely understand. Strivings about the law. We were talking about some of those Old Testament customs like we saw in the book of Ruth that's really kind of weird that we don't get. You know, we're not going to argue about that stuff. That's, that's not profitable. But the things in the Old Testament that instruct us in righteousness, and good works. Those are profitable. Verse 17, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. We're supposed to talk about this stuff, folks. This is what we're all about. And we owe it. I owe it to you to talk about it. You owe it to your friends and your neighbors. You owe it to the world to share these things with them, to tell them the truth. We we definitely don't owe them the things of the flesh. Look, John chapter 6, verse 63, we read this verse last week. It says, It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. You all see that? The flesh profiteth nothing. Okay. We, I mentioned the verse last week. Bodily exercise profiteth little. Okay. But godliness is profitable. In all things. You know what a lot of churches are doing now? A lot of churches now have like different aerobic, you know, classes and things. They have exercise programs that they, people come into the church and do it there to help get physically fit. Now, I'm not against being physically fit. I'm 100% for it. But you know what? That is not what we do in church. Okay, that is not what we are about. We are about the spiritual health. So much more important. And it's amazing how many of these churches are getting all caught up in that. And one thing that these churches will all have in common too, you will see that they are completely neglecting many of the spiritual things. And there and it's just it's it's ridiculous the way our mindset is getting off on the wrong things. But I'm telling you right now, we don't owe the world the things of the flesh. It profits nothing. Paul said, I didn't keep back anything that profited from you. You know, they weren't complaining saying, you know, Paul, you weren't a very good pastor while here. You know, Paul, we didn't have enough potlucks while you were with us. You know, Paul, we didn't have enough, you know, fun things and, you know, enough kids programs and, you know, we never took our youth group to Six Flags and do all, you know, and I'm not against doing fun stuff, but let me tell you, that's not what's profitable. Truth is what's profitable. Godliness 
is what's profitable. That's what we are in the business of doing. We are not. We don't need to turn our church into a community fund center for everyone to just come and have a great time and appeal to the things of the flesh. We don't owe the world that. We don't owe it to them to give them a good time. We've got people today. You know, what can we do to make church more appealing to the lost? What can we do to make church more fun to the lost? Well, you know, we're going to have to lighten up a little bit. We're going to have to change the music a little bit. You know, the lost people, they get bored with singing these hymns and things. Listen, we don't owe their flesh anything. I know rock and roll appeals to the flesh more than songs and hymns and spiritual songs. But we don't owe them that. We don't need, we don't owe them entertainers. I don't know you all an entertaining message where you all are rolling on the floor laughing and just having a great and wonderful time. And you know, I hope you enjoy the message, but I don't owe you that. I don't owe you a good time. But I do owe you the truth. The things that have been entrusted to me. The things that God has revealed to me. As I study the Word of God and as I learn things that are profitable, I owe it to you to share them. And you know what? I hope you all are learning some things through the preaching. And as you learn things through the preaching of the Word of God, and as you learn things through studying the Bible, now you owe it to everyone to share that. And I've used this illustration before. If there was somebody in here that has had cancer, that maybe some doctors were saying were incurable, and I knew of a cure for that cancer, would I not owe it to you to share that with you? I mean, I've got life-saving information. Would I not owe that to you? What if I what if I keep it to myself? Well, you know, you didn't ask me. Hey, when you got news like that, you just tell me. And yeah, you know what? The world's not going to come ask us how to get to heaven. We're going to have to go tell them. We're going to have to share it with them. And they might not want to hear about it, but we owe it to them to at least try. We owe it to them to do our best. We owe it to them to not give up after the first try. Somebody did it with us and we owe it. And it is interesting... You know, the interesting thing about the things that we have been given is they didn't cost us anything, did they? These are things that were free. But there is a cost for those who give these things. Okay, when somebody give, gave us the gospel, it didn't cost us anything, did it? But for us to give out the gospel, it does cost us something, doesn't it? It is a sacrifice sometimes. There are, you know, there are missionaries that have left their homes and gone to other parts of the world so they could freely share the gospel with people. It costs them a lot. There are people who died because they gave out the gospel. It did cost them greatly, but you know, they didn't charge the people that they gave. And Acts chapter 20 verse 35. I believe the cost is worth it. It says in Acts chapter 20 verse 35, I have showed you all things how that so laboring you ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how He said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. We, If you're saved today, you all have received a great truth. You've been given the Gospel of Jesus Christ. The Scriptures, the things that you have been taught, you have been giving, given something precious, something wonderful, something profitable. And you know what the Bible says? It's more blessed to give than to receive. You've received it now you need to take it and you need to give it. You need, you need to share it with other people. And the truth is, you owe it to them to do that. This is not something that... When Jesus gave the Great Commission, 
He didn't. He he. It was a command. It wasn't an optional thing. It was a command. We've got to do that. We we've got those gospel tracts. You owe that. Owe it to the people that you come across. You owe it to give those to them. And you don't just owe it to hand them a tract. You owe it if you can. If you get an opportunity, you owe it to them to verbally share the gospel with them. We owe it to everyone. And don't forget that. When will we pay that all that debt off? When will we come? When will we finish it off? Go go back to Acts chapter twenty. I want to show you a passage in there. Acts chapter twenty. says in verse 25 he says and now behold I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men for I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God y'all hear that when he left these people to move on he's like I'm not going to see y'all anymore but I can tell you right now I'm pure from the blood of all men. You know what Paul's saying? I paid my debt to you all. I shared the truth. I held nothing back. And you know what? When we do hold back, I believe we are guilty of the blood of these people. There are people that are going to go to hell because we didn't share the Gospel. There are not just people that are going to go to hell, but there's going to be even Christian people that suffer in this life because of sin because we didn't teach them that it was a sin. We didn't teach we didn't teach them the truth on these subjects and I don't know if I can say I'm pure from the blood of all men. Paul was able to say that though. And if Paul was able to say that, we ought to be able to say that too, but we're not going to be able to say that if we keep our mouth shut. We're not going to be able to say that if we're not spreading the Gospel, if we're not sharing the message of God's Word. And when you go out today, when you leave today, when you everybody you come in contact with, you ought to have the mindset, I owe these people something. I owe them the Gospel of Jesus Christ. And then figure out what you can do to share that Gospel. Do whatever you can. This is serious stuff. And we owe it to the world. Do not forget about that debt. So let's all stand together right now.